Welcome to the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. My name is Nia Carrillo, a holistic nutritionist and energy worker based in San Diego, California. I'm sharing all my best tips and strategies for those wanting to connect deeper to their body and soul. Each week, you'll hear musings from me and guest experts in their field, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life now so you can live a more conscious lifestyle. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Nia Carrillo, and I thank you so much for tuning in today, whether this is your first or you've been here before in terms of listening to my episodes. So, this is the last episode of a mini series that I've had the last couple of weeks talking all about the inner child. Last week, we dove into the episode around divine feminine and the mother wound, and we started the series with inner child healing and understanding adverse childhood experiences and how they form us. So the last little bit specifically diving into the inner child is the divine masculine and the father wound. And I wanted to just give a little bit of an overview, whether you've listened to the other episodes or not. This will kind of catch you up to speed if you were sent this episode or it randomly popped up. We're really tapping into what is known as the subconscious mind when we talk about healing anything related to our inner child and the effect that our childhood experiences have on us today as an adult, whether these are emotional patterns we're trying to break, whether these are health habits that we're trying to reform to be healthier, happier versions of ourselves, we have to go back and visit our childhood. And I've said this repeatedly throughout this series, it's that Western medicine just misses the mark with it because it's it's a huge gap. So just as a brief overview, when we talk about the subconscious mind, we are breaking the mind into two parts. We have the subconscious and the conscious. The subconscious is largely about 90% of our thoughts. So our beliefs come from here and all the programming that we're trying to shift. So when we have the idea of I am going to feel happier or I am going to be healthier, we are saying that on a conscious level, but we have all this other stuff, all of this programming on an unconscious or subconscious level. So the conscious is logical. It's newer stuff, newer thoughts, if you will. It's a weaker part of the brain. It's only about 5 to 10% of it. It tires very easily and it's not automatic like the subconscious is. And it takes in about 40 bits of data per second. Okay, so think of this as a child. You're witnessing an experience, maybe mom and dad stressing over money. Okay, so that's on a conscious level. You don't really understand what money has to do with anything or mom's relationship to food or dad's relationship to whatever. Okay, then we have on the subconscious, this is more emotional. It's like an old, like older thoughts live here, older beliefs. It's the most dominant part of our mind, always on, and it's automatic. 
Here's the crazy part. Remember, 40 bits of data per second for the conscious. For the subconscious, it's 40 million bits of data per second. So I don't have to consciously understand what's going around me. I'm still picking up subconscious data and it's all happening on an unconscious level. A really like key example of this is if you hear a song repeatedly over the radio, whether you like the song or not, and then the next day, you're singing the song and you know the words to it. And you didn't study the words, like conscious studying of the lyrics of it, but somehow you know them. So that's the same thing. If you had a repeated experience as a child, witnessing, say, dad or mom or just in school or whatever it was, you don't have to logically understand it, but you are emotionally, energetically picking up data that then forms your habits today. So diving into the father wound, we just we really have to understand that these are the messages that will greatly impact our wellness journey as we heal our relationship to our food, to our body, the relationships we have in our partnerships. There's this amazing quote that I always speak to or share with my clients when I'm talking about this topic, but It is women give birth to the world and men guide that world. Men are kind of like, in in a masculine sense, it's like the container, if you will, the foundation, the safety. If we receive that safety from mom too, but dad is like the foundation, the, the masculine energy that allows us to play on the stage that makes us feel safe. So we talked about in Chinese medicine how the feminine was referred to as yen. Well, in masculinity, when we view it through Chinese medicine, it's known as yang or yang energy. So remember at the top, we have the universe, the higher source. Then we have divine feminine and masculine. And then we have, as a child, mother and father. And that becomes our internalized or subconscious understanding of those two energies Dad still has feminine energy in him, but if he's an old school mentality, if you're a millennial or older, very likely that he has this, he might have grown up with a different understanding of what it means to be in the masculine. And we hear the term toxic masculinity a lot of the time, which refers to just kind of like not evolved or balanced masculinity where it's like this machismo, like you can't cry, you you can't be in touch with your emotions, like a total rejection of the femininity. And as a man, and I and I I don't I can't speak to experience as a man because I'm a, a woman in this world, but it's like the men are almost like in the past more so than now, I believe, but they're it's still very active today where it's like men are prided on being the providers and holding it all together, but that's not a healthy reflection of masculinity. So if maybe that was your dad and that's what you internalized of like, oh, in order for me to be strong and to carry on in this world and be powerful, I have to show this form of masculinity, it might be skewed if dad wasn't solely or uh, wasn't balanced in his masculine or mom even. So if dad being the reflection of the divine masculine, masculine energy, if we look at it from an energetic perspective, it's reflected by trust and feeling safe and feeling grounded and held and seen. Again, that 
container for the energy to flow, the person behind the trust fall that catches us. So we feel safety in a lot of ways, but if we lacked that safety as a child, subconsciously, all that data, all of that information, that emotional imprint, the energetic imprint we received, even though we didn't consciously understand what was going on, if there was unhealthy reflections of this where you couldn't trust your parents, you didn't feel safe with dad, then this is going to greatly affect your ability to feel safe in this world. And then it's going to also affect your relationship to the divine feminine to receive. We need this as the the, the, the stepping stone of everything else. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you ever study that, we have to feel safe and secure and order before anything else. Our needs have to be met. You have to have that roof over your head, the food in your belly, all those needs before we go off and try to thrive in this world. If you're living on the streets or you lack those basic needs as a human, you don't know where your next meal is coming from. You can barely pay your bills. Chances are you are not thinking about, oh, let me really tap into my divine feminine and be creative. This is that first stepping stone. You're not worried about thriving. You're worried about surviving if you're stuck in this masculine energy or there's a lack of it. So this is that the that container. I keep saying that, but that, that foundation, the stage for all of the abundance, the love, the happiness, for it to exist, we have to feel safe. We have to feel secure. So when we lack that as children, that I think comes to play and we can lack it as adults too. We, we can lack our routines that make us feel safe. We can have a lot of things up in the air and it just sends us into a spiral or chaotic energy. But if we do not have that in our lives, then it easily becomes a breeding ground for anxiety, for depression, for sadness to take place where we feel weighed down, bogged down by this energy. And the really common example I see with this is anxiety where you're just like, I need to think 10 steps ahead. You're too far into the future. You can't be here because in some way on an unconscious level, your mind has been programmed that it's not safe to be here right now. And if you had really traumatic experiences as a child where money was not always there or dad was really bad with money or sometimes the lights were turned off because like mom didn't pay the bill on time or whoever, or you went through something, this is something I experienced as a child, uh, bankruptcy where it was like, I can't always trust, this is the messaging I got from that, I can't always trust that money's always going to be here for me, so I might as well blow it. (laughs) That was a bad habit in my 20s. Or I need to hoard it. So there's a balance between the two. So in terms of our father, he's the first real-life bridge that connects you as a child to the, the, the real world. And I say that with air quotes, the this that bridge between like oh everything's fine I'm a little child playing in the field and picking flowers and I I got a boo-boo into oh wow like I really need to pay attention and when I'm crossing the street like holding more of that responsibility and I'm going to share a fact with you Uh, this was on menalive.com which is like uh, I think like a conscious man men's website 
it, it said more than 20 million children live in a home without the physical presence of a father. Millions more have dads who are physically present, absent. If it were classified as a disease, fatherlessness would be an epidemic worthy of attention as a national emergency. So that means whether dad was in your life and he was emotionally unavailable or dad wasn't in your life, this is an epidemic in our country. That bridge doesn't exist for a lot of young adults entering into this world. They don't have that bridge because maybe dad just is checked out because that's the example he received as a, as a child. And now that's what he plays out because he didn't have the tools to correct that before he became a dad. Or he didn't know that that was wrong or unusual or unhealthy. So if you think about that, like all of these adults, like, and then we don't even know the, the picture with mom. Was mom checked out? Was mom in the picture? Were you raised by your grandparents? All of that, you just arrived, 18, okay, go be an adult. What were all your experiences? That's surely going to then affect all through your 20s, your 30s, until you figure this out of, uh, uh, I, I don't feel safe in the world, and this is causing me to show up in XYZ way. So our dads also help us create the filter in which we view ourselves in our relationships. So if he's not there, what then becomes the filter? I, I question. If, say, dad wasn't in the picture, or he was in and out, or he was emotionally checked out, if I have that example of it, then, oh, I can't trust. Like, if my the, the one person, one of the two people who brought me into this world isn't here, then and how can I trust other people? Again, on an unconscious level, I'm not actively thinking these. I, I could be thinking these thoughts. But this then impacts my ability to connect, or it impacts my ability to trust things like money impacts my ability to trust myself, impacts my ability to feel safe. So this one's a very, I mean, mother wound, father wound, divine masculine, divine feminine, both super important, but I see this one very commonly too, mother and father wounds. That's why I broke it down into two separate episodes. That fact about it being an epidemic, the fatherlessness, when I, the first time I read that, which was like years ago, and I, I've just kept this little quote with me to accurately explain it, that hit me like a ton of bricks when I first read that because I'm like, wow, like that is true. I, I very rarely, and not to diss fathers out there, I again, I think this has a lot more to do with the toxic masculinity that a lot of men grew up with, and it's very rare to come across men that are in touch with their feminine side and have a healthy balance of both. And it just goes all the way back to, well, what was grandpa's experience or great-grandfather's experience? They were not focused on thriving and healing their relationship to their emotions because they were in situations that were life and death. And then that was only, what, two generations ago or so? So not so far back. But it hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm like, this is it's sad. And we don't view it this way because these experiences, the traumatic experiences are one of the biggest overlooked threats to our ability to be healthy and happy in this world. And when we arrive to a doctor's office and we're just like, I don't feel good. I, I feel depressed. What's the first thing they do? They give us a pill instead of like inquiring about these types of questions with us. We have to seek these resources out on our own. And then if 
you have insurance, likely these resources are not covered by insurance because they're private practitioners that you're going to see and they're specialized. So this is where like this is like trickles down from like a societal thing and all the structures that we have in place. But there are resources out there and it's important to utilize the resources you have meaning your money, your time, and your energy for things that are actually going to help you get to the root of things. So let's go a little bit deeper into the energetics of it and also the how it affects us and can physically manifest in our bodies so you can start to understand things if they are resonant for you. So the divine masculine in your father, chakra-wise, I would say it's a blend of the root chakra because that's our ability to feel safe, to feel protected and grounded, but that also can be from our mother. We feel safe with our mothers, but setting that foundation, that container holding, if you will, that the dad, again, being viewed as this bridge and the filter in which we view the real world and ourselves is the root in that aspect. It could also be the solar plexus as well, which is the power, the doing versus the being with the feminine in contrast. The willpower and taking action is related to the solar plexus. So largely those, the first and the third chakra there. The divine masculine, if it's interrupted, like I said, it has a lot to do with that strength, the trust, the logic, the discipline. If interrupted, the imbalances will show as depletion and you'll feel digestive issues as a huge one. But this could also be tied to just any type of trauma, father-related or not, because trauma does destroy the gut and your ability to absorb nutrients. But also trust issues, trust with yourself, trust in your relationships, trust in the world and the ability to be and feel protected. Unworthiness is another aspect in which this will feel imbalanced. Perfectionistic and feelings of abandonment of, again, going back to that trust. If dad left me, then like no man will stay with me. So I got to I got to play that role. And in our relationships specifically, I find that, and this used to be me, and this is something I still actively work on, I did not grow up around my father. He was young and not very smart with his decisions. And so as an adult, this translated to me being like, well, I grew up with a single mom and my grandparents, and so I saw my mom playing mom and dad. And so then the way that translated to me was like, well, I need to do everything. And that cuts off that ability to receive going back to the divine feminine of like, let me do everything. Let me plan everything. Let me think 10 steps ahead. That's like a ball of anxiety just talking about it. But it creates controlling aspects of like, if he doesn't, if my partner doesn't show up in this way or doesn't do exactly what I need him to do, it's like I almost feel like the director in the relationship. And that is not a natural place. And it doesn't feel good to be in that position. So I need to do all of this. And it's almost like creating barriers to protect yourself because I don't want to be abandoned. And at least I, I've done all this for myself. Depending on someone, absolutely not. That's like a huge way that I see a lot of women who are super powerful. And largely, this is what probably got them out of 
those situations where they felt powerless as a child, it drove them, that anger, that that drive. But there's a time and a place for that. And in your romantic partnership, to be in your masculine is probably not where you feel best, I'm going to guess. Again, you need a balance of it, but being masculine in your job is probably a good quality to have. But being masculine and taking all the action and not allowing your partner to step in is not going to feel good for you either. And chances are it does not feel good for your partner in any type of relationship, heterosexual or same sex. So blockages in the masculine energy as a physical manifestation in the body or just showing up in our patterns and our habits is perpetually dieting because you can't trust food or you can't trust yourself to just listen to your intuition, which is a very being active, your divine feminine, scared to trust your own body's needs. So if your body is telling you it's hungry and it's not lunchtime or it's out of the window of what you're allowed to eat on XYZ diet plan, then that can create a lot of fear. And that is the masculine energy imbalanced. And there's no trust with yourself. Your body knows exactly what it needs. And it's our job to understand what are these messages to decode them. So that should be the process of what it means to be healthy, in my book at least, of training yourself of, oh, when I don't eat a meal that is balanced, I notice I get really, I have really intense sugar cravings at night. Should probably make sure that I add maybe a sweet potato to this meal. And that over time, when you start to listen to those little cues, you build trust because it's like trial and error, especially if you're someone who's lacked this all of your life. Other ways, blockages and the divine masculine and overall sense of trust. And again, this can root from an imbalanced relationship to your father or other ways. Chronic fatigue syndrome, or just feeling really tired, like really just slow moving energy is how I see this. Perfectionistic attitude is one that I already mentioned and that control freak and having a lot of anxiety when you don't have control. It's your way of trying to feel safe in this world of I need to control every aspect because maybe in some way when you were a child, you lacked that control. So now you overcompensate for it. And unhealthy relationships already touched on that. A really uncommon way we could tie this imbalance of the root specifically and also solar plexus and on an energetic sense is diabetes. One of the symptoms for diabetes is that the weight gain is primarily in the stomach area. So if we think about that, that's an excess of energy being built up to protect the power center of your body, which has a lot to do with our masculinity and feeling confident and worthy. And so that could be tied to that from an energetic sense. The other issue, which also teeters with the balance or imbalance with the divine feminine is having weight issues, whether underweight, overweight, or having an unhealthy relationship to your weight. So those are large, simplified examples of where these imbalances could be shown in your body. Personally, I find that the physical representations of it of when it comes to imbalance of masculine or feminine is largely shown with the divine feminine 
and the emotions and the energetic aspect is more tied to the father wound or I should say masculine wound where there's a lot of anxiety I see in clients and it can also largely touch on the relationship to food a lot because it has a lot to do with that trust. So I want to talk about like that going back let's dive back a little bit into the father wound specifically but you might ask like well my dad was there like he did all the right things for me again not here to attack dad there are some key things that would disrupt like your relationship to feeling safe and seen and understood with your father that can then impact your relationship to the divine masculine so there's a key few ways you can understand if you were, say, what we call underfathered or there was a gap between feeling that safe, safety and trust with your father. And some of those are you feared your father. Your father might have been violent or aggressive. Um, he maybe was working so much that he couldn't be bothered. He had a substance abuse problem in and out of your life. Like you couldn't expect him to be there at a certain time and you didn't know if he was there how long he would be there he was emotionally unavailable this is a very common one maybe your father um, there were there was an infidelity he cheated on mom your father wasn't present in your life like at all and this could be related to death or and, and this not his fault or he just was not there I meet a lot of clients too who never met their fathers dad worked a lot or lastly he criticized you or you felt like you could never get his approval so that could turn into seeking that validation in your life whether it's through your accomplishments in work or with your body and remember that he creates that lens in which we view ourselves and the external world so you might ask yourself, like, when I'm looking at myself, like examining myself in the physical sense or being really hard in myself, is that me being too much in my toxic masculinity? Is this maybe something that I've carried on from childhood of trying to appease my father? Something I've learned about myself is when I was younger, my grandfather would give me money for my report cards. And he gave us a lot of money for it. And so that really drove me. And that was a huge way I gained his attention of, oh, if I'm the good kid, the good student, then I'll really make my grandfather proud. And so I strove to get A's. And if I didn't get A's, I would get really hard on myself. And so then as an adult, that translated into, well, I need to be really good and excel in a career and I need to do all of these things, be the box checker. So then that way he'll be really proud of me. And then it could also translate too of like, let me do these things so that I have the illusion of like, I'm doing really well because maybe that was a way. And this is, a, I see this again, common example where it's like people seeking that validation because that was the only way they knew how they to get it from their father or maybe mom too. So just like we dove into with the divine feminine and healing your relationship to it, we've, we've kind of already touched on one of the tips or practices or ways of like expanding your understanding and thus increasing awareness and healing your relationship to the divine feminine, or I'm sorry, divine masculine. 
is by building trust. Let's dive into that one. The first thing I said was that we really, really thrive when we set those routines, those practices where we are committed to ourselves. I talked about this in the last episode that in order for us to freely play and to dive into pleasure and to be creative or to build trust with ourselves, we have to set those routines and put those practices in place. So I'm not going to dive too much into that tip today, but I want that to be the foundation of anything largely to do with healing the divine masculine and your father wound. The second I would tip that I would say is to understand your relationship to discipline. A huge misconception I think that can be thrown around is that if we're not constantly inspired by something, then we shouldn't pursue it. And you can think of like examples when you were a child and your parents maybe put you in sports or uh, extracurricular activities. You didn't always feel like going to baseball or soccer practice but maybe like dad forced you to or mom forced you to this was a way in which like we learned how to have that discipline of like you don't always feel inspired or feel like you're in the mood to do something a huge way we learn this and it can be overbalanced is like we have to show up to our jobs like if you had to be there from nine to five then you have to have that discipline to set your alarm, to get yourself in your car and drive to the job. And then you have to stay there. You can't just leave when you want to. But if you lack a healthy relationship with discipline, this can feel like torture for you. And I'm saying this as someone who I was never forced to participate in sports. Day one, if I didn't like something, I could just quit. If I didn't want to go to day camp, I didn't have to. And I think my family and parents had healthy and happy intentions behind it of like they didn't want to make me feel uncomfortable but sometimes we do need that discomfort to grow and to have structure and routine and all those things that support any type of healthy lifestyle whether it's our physical health or our emotional health we need those habits and we're not always going to feel inspired and oh my gosh I'm so in the mood to do this so If you're waiting for your daily dose of inspiration to cook dinner and set aside the time for a passion project or whatever, it's not always going to be there. So we have to be really disciplined with this. But this can become, in a way, over we can overcompensate in this area where we have the people who work 70 hour work weeks where corporate America prides people on having those 12-hour days where we're grinding and the hustle. And so that's where like the discipline becomes toxic in some way of like sacrificing your energy. And you know when that happens because you feel tired, you feel like you're forcing yourself, and maybe there's these really like egoic thoughts of keep going, keep doing. And we have all those toxic masculinity quotes of just like the hustle, the grind. And I'll be honest with you, that's where I used to seek a lot of that like validation where it's like I had none of it and then I went to the other side. And nowadays I I 
I maybe work 20 hours a week, but I've learned to, when I am working, be very focused, be very disciplined so that I'm not just on Instagram and dilly-dallying all around. But that relationship to discipline is uh, very, very important because we have to have that balance of it. So if you're waiting for that constant inspiration or that, oh, I feel so good and happy to do it, it's not always going to be there. And that can be a huge imbalance with our masculine energy. So that would be another thing that another area I would dive into if I was someone that was trying to heal my relationship to my divine masculine. The third area is tapping more into the father wound and just kind of examining the relationship to your father. Ask, like, what did I learn about discipline or seeing through things or power or whatever else masculinity, when I say that word to you and where you're like, I have unhealthy relationships to it, whatever the thing is, what did I learn from my father regarding that? Do I do I see things through? Well, did my dad do that? No, he had 10 million projects all across and he never finished them. Well, maybe that was something that you picked up from him on a subconscious level. What was the role that he played in your life? Was he in and out? Did you feel like you could trust him if you're feeling like you need to work on your relationship to trust? How does that maybe affect your relationship to your partner? Where do you feel like there is an imbalance? And is it because you're doing too much or you're trying to control a large part of it? And could this be because of the relationship to your father? Just like I said in the Mother Wound Divine Feminine episode, sometimes to protect ourselves, it is in our best interest to not have those relationships with our parents because they're not safe or time and time again they've proven that the boundary doesn't exist or whatever else it is that you need to keep your personal safety into account. I get that. And like I said in the last episode as well is that we can still work on healing our relationship to the divine masculine without our father being physically present. So he doesn't even need to be having a conversation with you. You can change your relationship and shift it with your father without even having to have any type of conversation. Though I will say the conversation is sometimes necessary. And these are not always healthy conversations. I shouldn't say healthy, happy conversations. They can be difficult because a lot of it is both parties taking ownership. And if dad or any parent doesn't feel that they did anything wrong in their eyes, that could be true. They did the best that what they had to provide and support you. But maybe that wasn't exactly what you needed. And that's also okay. So when you have these conversations, take into account that your dad might not have a healthy relationship to his masculinity or to his femininity. And thus, it might not be the conversation that you want to have or that feels happiest, and it might not go the way you want it to. But by putting the energy out there of saying what you need to say, if there are words that need to be spoken, is healing enough? Um, the important thing is, is that you feel seen and heard in the context of that. And so 
I, I encourage that for anybody who's like, I have a really complicated relationship to my father, but we've never spoken about these things because I don't know how to introduce it. The last episode, I also mentioned a book called It Didn't Start With You. And that would also be another reference that I would say, like, maybe that's where you begin, where you start to just kind of soften the barrier to the boundary or the restriction or the contraction that you are feeling in your body and start to understand it more to get clear on where maybe you lacked that safety and trust from dad or maybe he wasn't in your life then and now he is and it feels really complicated because there's so much baggage in the past. We have to sometimes address that before we can move forward and it's not a, a linear a linear journey. It goes up and down because there's so many layers to it because it's coming from a time in your life where you didn't consciously and didn't have the intellect and the capacity to understand what was happening. And you're now trying to understand it as an adult where you're understanding it from so many different points of view, your own reflection through what your parents tell you, et cetera, et cetera. So it, there's so many layers to this with both the mom and dad areas of our life. The third thing that I would say too is to really work on practices that increase your confidence and your ability to feel powerful in your body, just in the physical sense. Just like with dancing, we can really tap into that feminine energy. Well, we can also tap into that masculine energy in our body. So practices with strength focus, like weightlifting, a really great yoga pose is to really target that specifically is a plank because you're really having to tap in to the mind and connect to that power center because that is where we receive the power physically, but also on an energetic level. It's it's the fire in the body when we're talking about the solar plexus. When we also go into feeling strong and powerful in our body, we also go into the area of feeling grounded if fire is not contained, it can be dangerous. So if I want to feel powerful and keep that in balance, I also on the same hand need to be grounded. So how do I feel grounded and safe in my body? And that's for you to decide. Some things that really support that for me personally are practices like my meditation, not making sure that I journal and I uh, meditate and do all my my little rituals before I tap into my workday, not going on to social media as soon as I wake up. Is, I notice as soon as I just go on my phone after I blink my eyes open for the day, I have an overwhelm of energy and that interrupts my ability to feel grounded in my body. So what makes you feel physically safe? Is it your bedtime routine? One of the my most favorite ways to describe emotional safety is like when you're fresh out the shower and you slip into clean pajamas and you get into clean sheets and you are all content and grounded for the day. And it's like, ah, oh, everything feels okay in this moment. And that is what we're aiming for. So when I, you think of that scenario in particular, think of areas in your life 
where maybe that is not the case, where you feel the antithesis of that, where it feels chaotic, where you're stressed and you're worried. How can you bring more of that ability to feel trusting and safety in your body? Because the body doesn't lie. The body knows and the mind will follow that. So if your body is giving you signs that it does not feel this sense of personal safety, get curious. I do this a lot with when I'm in the presence of other people where I'm just like, "Mm, I'm not sure about that person. I ask myself, am I viewing this through a filter? Like, do they remind me of somebody? Or what is coming up for me? Like physically, where do I feel like, uh, I don't really trust this person? What is the evidence I have? Is it, is it logical? Maybe it's my intuition speaking to me and I really shouldn't trust this person. That's a huge way in which you can start to explore this relationship to your body where it feels like a safe container is getting really curious and exploring those little subtle signs that pop up. And then when you trust them, sometimes there's no logical reason to our intuition. Sometimes we're not going to be presented the reason why we needed to trust that little hunch or that feeling in your body. And that's okay. But you need to, at at the very least of it, is to trust that, like, that doesn't feel right for me. So I'm going to explore that and I'm going to account for it as well. And I'm going to take action. And that's that masculine energy playing with that feminine energy because it's our intuition coming through the physical form, the masculine. So as a recap, really just diving in to that routine or that structure that really supports you feeling grounded in your life. The second thing is to really explore your relationship to you feeling inspired versus you feeling motivated to do something. So that discipline that comes in when we have to do things sometimes that aren't always fun, but you can make them fun and still get them done. So really excelling with that discipline. And then the third thing is really exploring your relationship to your father and understanding like, how did I view my father? When I think of these energies, these emotions, when I feel and think about all the actions and the relationship I had with my father, how might this be playing into blank issue or challenge that I'm facing in my life? And lastly, the fourth little tip or point of exploration I have for you is to really dive into making sure that your body feels physically safe. So using exercise as an example in that, but also really trusting the signs and little subtle messages from your body and exploring why might those be showing up and so that you can build a healthier relationship to it because it is the physical vessel in which your soul comes through. So this was a little bit shorter because I feel like a lot of the episodes leading up to this one, you got a lot of the background information. So if you've not listened to those episodes, go listen to them because this is all part of a series. The next episode we will be diving into, which plays a huge role, it's not so much focused on the inner child, but really diving into shadow work because this 
plays in, I think it's kind of like the graduation of the inner child and acknowledging all these parts of us and which we've rejected. So bringing that to the forefront and taking out the emotional weight of this is good and this is bad. So that will be the next kind of segment of this series, if you will, continuation or kind of taking it off to the next level. So stay tuned for that. I will have an amazing guest. Uh, Her name is Adrienne, and she is a friend and a coach for me and my life, both personally and um, as an energy healer. So someone I kind of seek for mentorship, and she's helped me largely with shadow work. So I'm really excited to have her here on the show next so we can continue this conversation and really connecting it to your health as well, because all of this is playing into the growth and the betterment and the well-being of your physical body, but also your emotional and mental bodies as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to stay connected outside of these episodes, you can follow me on Instagram at eclectic.wellness. And that is eclectic, E-C-L-E-C-T-I-C dot wellness. I know sometimes when I say that, people think I say electric. And if you want to be a part of the community, I have a Facebook group. Simply search Nutrition for the Soul inside Facebook the Facebook search bar. That is the former name of this show. So I've kept it the same just so that people can find us. And there's always free series and challenges in there that you can take part of and all new updates regarding the Third Eye Wellness podcast. Thanks so much again for listening. And please feel free to share these episodes with a friend or someone who needs to hear this information. And I thank you so much for tuning in with me.